Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grow Up podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And I hope to inspire you to do exactly the same. Now this week I'm going to start this week with a question. Have you ever tried to grow asparagus? And if you have, have you ever tried to grow asparagus from seed? There's a very good reason why I'm asking this question. A little bit later on, I will be sowing some asparagus seed. And I'm going to take you along how I go about doing this. But before that, let's head down to the allotment to find out what's been going on down there. Well, here I am on the allotment. And I haven't given you an update for a couple of weeks because of CD Sunday last weekend. I've just seen my first ladybird for the year fantastic just goes to show how mild it has been to see a ladybird now on the allotment i have moved the shed a couple of weeks ago as no doubt you know and we moved the apple tree the apple tree itself seems to still be okay it hasn't moved we did get some strong winds during the week uh, but the apple tree does seem pretty stable and like it survived the move of course we've got to wait and see just what happens over the next few months to see if it really does establish itself but the shed we have now secured that down on top of some concrete slabs that I had at home I got my brother to help me because I thought the slabs were going to be incredibly heavy turned out apart from one they weren't as heavy however it was easier to have a second person to either lift the shed or move the slabs underneath the shed teamwork is the point that I want to raise now this week on the allotment I've gone inside granddad's greenhouse and I've decided to give that a big tidy up I find the problem I've had with the greenhouse it's not really a problem but it just tends to be a bit of a store for junk in some ways I still use it for growing of course but the shelves were just full of pots that I probably don't need canes that I'm unlikely to need and it was just becoming a little bit difficult to try and get in there and do anything so I decided to have a big tidy up inside the granddad's greenhouse that meant that all my seed potatoes can chit nicely on the staging in there I've got four varieties of potatoes that I have saved the seed from Sarpe Myra, Maris Piper, Acoustic and Rocket but last week at CD Sunday, I also brought two more varieties of potatoes. A variety called Killeen and a variety called Aran Victory. I've grown Aran Victory before, I quite like it. So it'll be interesting to see just how well we get on with that this year. But yeah, the greenhouse now inside, I've tidied up. I've cleared away some of the pots I don't need. I don't think I really need plastic pots here on the allotment. What I tend to do, I do all my seed growing at home and then I bring the plants down here when I feel they are big enough to cope with going down on the allotment. Of course, they're still in plastic pots. So I plant out my plants and then I pop the pots to one side and they live here not being used for anything so I've decided what I would do if the pots were broken they go in a bin you know how much I hate waste but I feel it is a necessity but the pots that were broken have gone in a bin some of the pots have gone home with me and some have just gone stored into the shed that we have now moved that has 
freed up quite a bit of space inside the greenhouse and just means that it looks a little bit tidier and also means that I can get in there a little bit easier and start growing some more of my plants. At home my greenhouse is quite full with onion plants and things like that that I think are going to need to come down here pretty soon so just making a little bit more room for that in here. Now something I do inside the greenhouse is I grow all my plants and this year it will be cucumbers growing inside this greenhouse inside large plastic containers. These are what I call my wicking beds in that instead of having a hole in the bottom they've got a hole on the side about an inch up from the bottom and that just creates a well of water in the bottom that then wicks up through all the compost that I have in there. These containers are quite large, they're 75 litre containers so they hold quite a bit of compost. But when they've been in there over the winter, of course, they've gone a little bit dry. I haven't needed to water them. So what I've got to now start doing over the next few weeks is water these containers every week just to start hydrating the compost. But I'm also going to start adding a bit more compost on top, as well as some feeds and fertilisers, just to boost the compost up, ready for when we plant our cucumbers in here. Haven't sowed any cucumbers yet. I think it's still a little bit too early, but... That might be something we're going to start looking at fairly soon. Now outside we have got a few areas I'm still not really happy with. It is a case that everything just needs a big tidy up. But now I've moved the shed, what I used to have behind the shed was some walk-in fridge doors that I had from work. And these were used to stand my water butts on. They're quite large, but what I figured these would start to make a nice compost bin. So I've roughly put them into position to make a nice size rectangle. What I'm then gonna to have to do, I didn't bring any screws or drills down with me, but just screw them together so that they are solid and then we can start filling it up with compostable material. The idea here being that these doors are insulated, so they should in theory hold on to quite a bit more heat. And again, they have a decent size, so they should also make a really decent compost bin. As you know, compost is something that I think we all need to make more of, and trying to make enough of it can be a bit of a challenge. So more compost bins, more compost material, all work well together. Now in terms of harvests, we've had a few vegetables that we have harvested this week. The last of our Brussels sprouts have been harvested, two trees of that. I love Brussels sprouts, so tasty, so good. Definitely something we look forward to eating. We've harvested a few leeks as well because we have quite a few leeks growing on the allotment. Again, these go down well at home in a wide variety of things. But a really new thing that we've harvested this week, purple sprouting broccoli. Very early this year, I've got to say, but we've got a decent amount of these beautiful purple spears of broccoli. They're going to go so, so well. I try and grow purple sprouting broccoli every year, and this year they've grown, they've taken nearly a year to grow, but they have produced so well. And there's going to be many more in the future, so very, very happy with everything that we have harvested. Right, I am going to head on home and sow some asparagus seeds and I'm going to talk you through how I grow asparagus from seed. But before that, let's find out what's been going on in the Supporters Club this week. Well, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. If you are, then perhaps you would be good enough to leave me a rating and a review on your podcast provider. 
by leaving a rating and review you go a long way to helping us get found by other people who might be interested in growing their own food it gets the algorithm working for us shall we say but if you are really enjoying this podcast and you really want to support the work that we do then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club our supporters club is set up to support this podcast by being a member you help keep this podcast running to be a member it costs just five pound a month but for that you get extra behind the scenes content as well as a collection of seeds sent to your door every month that you are a member and these seeds can be sown in that very month now this last week we have been sowing some leeks and some cabbages from this very pack. These are fantastic vegetables to grow. Leeks are so hardy. Cabbages are going to be a summer cabbage that will keep us well fed. But if that sounds like something you want to do, then head to the vegrowerpodcast.co.uk to find out more. And hopefully you'll become a member. I would really appreciate it. Now let's head out to my shed to sow some asparagus seeds. Now in the intro section of this podcast, I asked if you have ever grown asparagus from seed. I suspect that most of us have actually grown asparagus from crowns. Those are the dormant roots that we often buy from garden centres in little bags. Now I've tried growing asparagus from these crowns in the past and it took me quite a while to get it right. I would buy the crowns in the spring, dig a trench in the ground and make a ridge in this trench in which I would spread the crowns, those dormant roots, over that ridge and then backfill all that trench back in. Tried to keep it moist, but I just never seemed to really have much luck at getting the asparagus to really establish that way. But when I did have success, that was when I took on my allotment I currently have. I was in such a rush that I got them planted in the autumn. Now there are autumn planting varieties and that's what I got. And I planted it in the same way as I would do with the spring crowns and it worked. The next year we had asparagus pushing its way through the soil. I was really pleased with that. And a few years later, we are, of course, harvesting asparagus every year. But the one mistake that I did make, because I was in such a rush to get this asparagus planted, I didn't really prepare the bed well enough. I didn't remove enough weeds. I didn't add enough compost and manure to really prepare the soil. Asparagus really does hate competition. And although our asparagus does produce quite well, the amount of cooch grass in that bed does make it very difficult for asparagus to really thrive. And that's why I've been looking at making a new asparagus bed here at home. Now this actually started last year around this time and that's when I sowed some asparagus seed. Now this was a variety called Mary Washington. It's a very popular variety of asparagus. But a few weeks ago, added to that, I made another sowing of asparagus, this time Conover's Colossal, and I'm making a second sowing of this asparagus right now. Now, the reason that I'm doing this, I was really impressed with just how easy it was to get asparagus to germinate. It really was so easy. And 
I love the fact that we have lots of little asparagus plants in pots from last year, which are of one variety, and this year we're going to be adding more varieties. And it is so easy that I just want to repeat and repeat. So what I've done is I've filled up a plug plant tray with seed sowing compost, tamped it down to make sure the compost is in there well. And then in each little plug plant, I've just dibbed a hole about one centimeter deep. Into each hole, I've then dropped a single seed into each plug plant. When I finish sowing all these seeds, I will then cover over the seeds and then place this tray in my heated propagator and wait for germination. It should take about a week or two. It's pretty quick when it is in a heated propagator. Now you may be wondering why I'm growing these from seed. The main reason that I like it is because of the price. For just a few pounds, we can go to a garden center and get a pack of asparagus seed, which probably contains about 10 seeds. And I have found that we get pretty good germination rates, almost 100%. But if we were to buy a crown, it would cost about the same price for one crown and as I've said I've not always found that they have been that successful. Now the seeds that I sowed a few weeks ago I've just kept that soil moist and just kept them in a heated propagator until they germinated and then I moved them along and will gradually just start weaning them off the heat. And they will stay indoors until probably about the end of March. I'll just make sure that as they grow, the roots don't get too congested inside the plug plants. But if they do, we will then have to pot them up into bigger pots as required. Now, of course, part of this is just about keeping that compost moist. And I also like to feed with a seaweed fertiliser. And seaweed fertiliser, I find, helps produce good, strong roots. About the end of March, beginning of April, I then moved my seedlings, last year this is, into the greenhouse, keeping the soil moist and well fed. Then about the end of May, I actually moved them outside where they stayed on top of one of my tables. And last year's batches have been growing pretty well. They die back, of course, over the winter. But this year, last year batches will actually be going out into their permanent beds. I wanted to keep asparagus in its pots for its first year, just so I could protect them while they are quite vulnerable. It will take three years before we can start harvesting asparagus from these plants anyway. So its first year in a pot doesn't really make too much of a difference. But what this has meant that we can do is just really prepare the new asparagus bed really, really well. Asparagus can live for up to 20 years, so it is a long-term investment, but it means it is well worth getting it just right. Removing all the weeds, of course, plenty of organic matter added. For that, one of my new beds has came into play. What I did is I've built the new bed. I've laid cardboard down, a thick layer of cardboard, because it's straight on top of the grass. And then I have added a thick layer of compost, homemade compost, just to fill that bed right up. Tamped the compost down and added more as required. But then what I will do around May time is I will then 
just take some of those pots, probably only about three of those pots that I have got from last year. There's about 12 in total. So that's gonna give me a few extra, which I might pass on to friends and things like that. I'd never know anybody to turn down plants, especially asparagus plants. But the three that I do have, what I will do is just dig a hole and plant them straight in the ground. The hole, of course, being the size of the root ball or the pot, if you like. And what this is, just so much easier. This is another reason that I like growing asparagus from seeds compared to crowns. We don't need to make that trench and ridge in the soil. We just simply dig a hole, take out the root ball and drop it in firm down around the plant, give it a good watering and allow it to establish. Now the seeds that I'm sowing this year I will also plant out in that same bed next year. So I have got to remember to leave a little bit of space to allow these to grow. In terms of how much space that we allow, it does depend from variety to variety, but I usually go for about 30 centimetres between each plant. Now asparagus is heritage does originate from a coastal plant so it really does like a lot of moisture it does need to be free draining soil so the water doesn't puddle and sit in water but a lot of really moisture retentive soil compost is usually really good for this but we just want to make sure the soil doesn't dry out and then what i like to do is just feed with either a seaweed feed or chicken manure pellets, especially important during the growing season. And of course, just keep those beds weeded quite regularly. Now the plants themselves, they will create these long, beautiful ferns, which we do tend to harvest when they are young, but we do need to wait before we can start harvesting. Asparagus takes three years to establish, remember, so what we've planted this year we won't be eating until 2026 but between now and then it's just a case of maintaining it feeding it well asparagus produces these ferns and then come autumn winter those ferns will start to die back and they turn to almost like a a dry straw look now we could remove those but i tend to like to leave them on the plant until they either get blown down or around about April time when we start really clearing out the beds and preparing it for the growing season. But what I do do over the winter is just mulch with seaweed. Now being a coastal plant it does like seaweed and I have found much better results from my asparagus when they have mulched with seaweed. I think the salt that the seaweed might contain as well helps reduce the weeds and the asparagus itself does seem to like it too. Now I should say I do have permission from our council to collect the seaweed that washes up as long as I'm not harvesting loads and loads of it just in small batches on a regular basis it does help. Now this mulch, seaweed mulch, helps reduce weeds, adds organic matter to the soil, but also creates a bit more of a sponge-like material. It does rot down into the soil pretty quickly actually, which means around the end of March, so next month, beginning of April, I do need to add a good mulch of compost on top of the seaweed as well. Now around the beginning of May, I usually start to see the asparagus start emerging from the soil, and it's always so, so exciting. 
Now the ones on the Yolomin, of course, we can start harvesting those once they are about 20 centimetres tall. And I just cut them off just above soil level and take them home. But it is important to recognise that asparagus has a fairly short season here in the UK. As little as six weeks, really. So what I would like to do is get some early varieties and late varieties just to spread out that harvesting time. Now I harvest my asparagus between May and mid-June. Anything after that I tend not to harvest any. Reason being is that of course we still want asparagus to live. We still want the plants to live. So we need it to pot up those fern-like spears to photosynthesize and get some energy down into the roots. So it is very important to allow the plants to do that. As I said, a very short cropping period, but when it does crop, it is so, so worthwhile. Overall, I do find that we don't get many problems with asparagus once it is established. The hardest thing, of course, is getting it established. But once we crack that, it's all plain sailing. 20 years of asparagus, I think it is well worth growing. But please do, if you are giving it a go, growing asparagus from seed, please do let me know and share with me in the future how you get on with it. Right, well, asparagus, as I said, is absolutely delicious. It's one crop that I really look forward to every year. But talking of food, let's go find out what Chef Scott has got for us this week. Hi, it's Scott here. And as promised, I'm back again with another rhubarb recipe. And this week, we have a bit of a cheats dessert. Basically a rhubarb full, but with layers of shop-bought custard and ginger biscuits added, making it look like you've put a lot more effort into it than you actually have. The real recipe here is the compote we are going to make and the combination of rhubarb, orange and star anise that for me is a match made in heaven. And pair this with custard and ginger, the best mates of rhubarb, and I think it makes for a yummy dessert and one that's super simple to make. So let's not delay and head to the kitchen and hear how it's made. This recipe serves four, and you will need, for the compote, 500 grams of rhubarb cut into inch pieces, 160 grams of caster sugar, the juice of one orange and zest of half, one star anise, and then 200 mils of double cream, 200 mils of creme fraiche, three teaspoons of icing sugar, 60 grams of ready-made shop-bought custard, and 20 grams of shop-bought crushed ginger biscuits. Method. Start by making the compote. Do this by adding all the ingredients for the compote to a saucepan and cook on a medium low heat until the rhubarb is soft and starts to break down. Then set aside and chill. Now whip the double cream to a soft peak then fold in the creme fraiche and icing sugar. Now in dessert glasses or bowls, do alternate layers of compote, whipped cream, custard and ginger biscuits. And it's as simple as that. And that's it from me this week and I hope you enjoy it. Well I'm here in my garden and there's some definite signs that spring is coming. Daffodils are up and in flower. And we get this horrible edible weed growing all around my garden. It's called tri cornered leek. 
it's like a wild garlic. It's got a very garlicky smell to it, but it is very, very difficult to really remove. It actually grows quite a lot in the town that I live in. So it's obviously just a natural weed in this area. I used to have it growing where the chickens are, but the chickens have managed to stop it from growing there. Now we just get it between my path and my neighbour's fence. Something we've got to try and keep removing. I'm just buying my veggie pods at the moment. I'm just having a look in each one and seeing how things are doing. Lamb's lettuce looks absolutely amazing. Lettuce also is looking grey and mustard and charred. Oh, so much food already going on in here. Something we've got to keep going. In the greenhouse, we've got some more lettuce and other uh, salad leaves to plant in once these are finished. And just looking in the herb one as well, the parsley is looking great and chives are starting to show themselves as well. Great start to the year already, getting so many different herbs. Now, as we were talking about growing asparagus from seed last year, I'm just checking over and I'm seeing that the rhubarb that I grew from seed last year also in pots, is starting to show itself. We've got rhubarb growing in the allotment and here at home. That is really starting to show itself. But the ones in pots are doing great too. They're going to be going in brand new beds this year too. Now, what else have we been doing here? One thing I've been trying to do a lot more of is to keep potting up some of our fruit trees and bushes into larger pots as they are required. Out in my front garden, I have a lot of fruit trees and pots that we grew for the first time last year and it's something we are definitely continuing with. But I do find the larger pots, the better. It's just having enough pots to get it going. So I have been shifting around and potting plants up into bigger and bigger pots. The bigger pots, I think, make it a bit easier for taking care of our trees or bushes. More moisture in the ground, more nutrients, but we've also been top dressing some of these pots as well, where we just take off a scraping off the top of the compost and add some fresh compost with a bit of blood, fish and bone just to help them out as well. Add some nutrients to the soil. I asked you for what you use your front gardens for and we saw a wide range of different ideas that came in. And we've also thrown out a few more ideas for what people can use their front gardens for as well. Wildflower gardens, of course, as well as edible gardens. It was great to see. Great to see. Well, that brings us up to the end of this week's garden update. I'm going to head on in to the warm podding shed. I'll meet you in there and we will finish this week's podcast off. Well, we are getting to the end of this week's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it so far. Now, I've got a bit of a question to ask you this week. As you know, at the end of each podcast, I'm sending a bit of a challenge or asking a question for you that I want to find more out. And this week, I actually have two questions that I want to ask you. Firstly, your greenhouse. Do you prefer polycarbonate or glass in your greenhouse? And my second question is, what edibles do you grow in hanging baskets? Get in touch to let me know. Now you can email me, richard at veggroundpodcast.co.uk. You can contact me through social media as well. We've got a Facebook group where there's lots of chats going on. But also you can head to the veggroundpodcast.co.uk, leave a voicemail and even leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post. 
Now, as I said earlier, please do rate and review on your podcast provider and please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care. Thank you.